The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. Democrats have a control freak issue. They are control freaks. They seek control. And if you haven't figured that out by now, obviously to any conservative or libertarian, we already know this. But the cat's out of the bag, even more so these days, with some of the things going on in the Democratic national primary you know, whatever it is, whatever you call the clown show of these idiots trying to run for president of the United States. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. A lot of them have come out over the long extended holiday weekend and some amazing things were said. One of the, one of the new runners in the race, it isn't a uh, We lost him. It isn't uh, what's the other gentleman that dropped out of the race pretty recently. Uh, somebody who I didn't even know was running. I got this news alert saying that, what is this guy's name again? Yeah, Governor Bullock. Montana Governor Bullock decides he's going to drop out um, of the White House bid, and he's not going to run for Senate either. So, hmm, interesting there. Two things that I go, I, I didn't care to know because I didn't know. But one of the new front runners, well, not front runners, one of the new nominees to jump in the race is Michael Bloomberg. Oh, Michael Bloomberg. Yeah, this guy is a piece of work. (laughs) He doesn't even have a chance, but he's given us insight into the minds of the progressives. Remember, this is the guy that taxed soda as mayor of New York, uh, taxed trans fats, regulated salt, which I loved when Mark Stein uh, was talking about him. He said, Bloomberg could regulate the salt out of your French fries, but couldn't regulate the trucks down to 42nd Street to salt the roads in New York when a blizzard shut down the city. Exactly. The things that he should be doing, he wasn't doing, but the things that they wanted to do, like de Blasio, who came after, is to basically take the Agenda 2030 template and implement it within their own city. And what you're seeing now is just utter, just insanity. The, the cost of living's through the roof. You've got rent controls still in place where certain buildings can't be uh, repaired because it's just uneconomic. It's not economically viable to do so because they can't pull the money in as they should, according to the market. You've got these little areas that they're going to charge fees to travel in. Uh, just to make traffic easier. But guess what happens now? Delivery drivers are getting creamed on, on these fees. So you've got all these different things that they're trying to do. And Bloomberg is now trying to take his persona and elevate it to a point where he can be a viable presidential nominee. And he's not really having much luck in that department, but listen to him talk about taxes Listen to him talk about taxes. It's really eye-opening. Say, well, taxes are regressive, but in this case, 
Yes, they are. That's the good thing about them, because the problem is in people that don't have a lot of money. And so higher taxes should have a bigger impact on their behavior and how they deal with themselves. So I listen to people saying, oh, we don't want to tax the poor. Well, we want the poor to live longer so that they can get an education and enjoy life. And that's what, why you do want to do exactly what a lot of people say you don't want to do. The question is, do you want to pander to those people or do you want to get them to live longer? And there's just no question. If you raise taxes on full sugary drinks, for example, they will drink less. And there's just no question that full sugar drinks are one of the major contributors to obesity. And obesity is one of the major contributors to heart disease and cancer and a variety of other things. Mm. So it's like saying, I don't want to stop using coal because coal miners will go out of work, well, will lose their jobs. We have a lot of soldiers in the United States and the U.S. Army, but we don't want to go start a war just to give them something to do. And that's exactly what you're saying when you say, well, let's keep coal killing people because we don't want coal miners to lose their jobs. The truth of the matter is there aren't very many coal miners left anyways, and we can find other things for them to do. But the comparison is a life or a job, or taxes or life. Which do you want to do? Take your poison. So it's regressive. It is good. There are lots of tax experts in the room and fiscal experts, and I'm very pleased that they hear you say that. And they all say the two things in life which are absolutely certain. One is death, the other one is tax. So you use one to defer the other one. That's correct. Okay. That is exactly right. It. Well said. Yeah. So Bloomberg thinks taxes, even though they are not good for the poor and, and they're going to regulate behavior. You know, we're going to do things for them that they're not going to do for themselves because I guess they're too stupid or they just don't know any better. You know, the, these things are going to fix behaviors that will make them better. So when we tax the hell out of French fries, they're not going to eat French fries. They're going to eat healthier. Uh, really? And who made you God, Mr. Bloomberg? I mean, well, I think he thinks he's God. And that's one of the problems that we have with the Democrat Party. They think they're in a position of godlike stature. And I don't mean that they're out there going, I am a god. I'm saying they want to be in control. They want to run our lives because they believe they know better. And Michael Bloomberg, he says, listen to this from the Washington Times. I have earned my place in heaven for his anti-gun crusade. Michael Bloomberg, former mayor of New York City, said it's his work. For more gun control, along with his anti-smoking and healthy eating campaigns that have won him God's favor and a sure spot behind the pearly gates. His exact words, made in context of discussing his smoking cessation and anti-obesity pushes, as well as his concerted crackdowns on private gun ownership, to the New York Times were, quote, I'm telling you, if there is a God, when I get to heaven, I'm not stopping to be interviewed. I'm heading straight in. I have earned my place in heaven. It's not even close. The gall of that guy. First off, you've infringed on the rights of protection and self-defense in the Second Amendment of the Constitution, so that's not going to get you in the pearly gates. Um, 
thinking that you can regulate taxes to a point where you're now dictating the eating habits of your constituency and you're causing people to uh, stop smoking while you think is noble, um, you're now a dictator. You're dictating what people do, whether they want to do it or not. It should be up to the individual. If I have the right to smoke, you know, if I if it's legal, uh, it's up to me if I want to make that decision. If I want to eat salty French fries and sugary drinks, it's up to me. I should have that, not you. And the only person who should really touch my heart and make me consider if my actions are not good for me or for others is God, is Christ. It's not, and that's the problem. It is not the design of our elected leadership who are public servants to us to then turn around and tell us, hey, you know, we know what's right and you should listen to us and and follow our rules because we are the smartest people in the room. And that's that's Michael Bloomberg. And then you get into Bernie Sanders. He wants to tax people. He wants wealth taxes. And guess what? He's going to put a video together of all these wealthy people to try to convince you that they want to be taxed more. Tax me. Tax my estate. I want you to. Those of us who have greater wealth, we want to be taxed more. My taxes should be raised, and other millionaires' taxes should be raised. Millionaires like myself should pay higher taxes, starting with the idea that we earn more money. I don't want to live in a country with a small number of rich people and a huge number of poor people. Every time Congress touches the tax system, I seem to come out ahead. And that has struck me as quite remarkable. I think America used to be the beacon of hope for the rest of the world. We are now the beacon of greed. We have a debt. We should pay back to our society, not continue to just take more. Tax cuts are good in textbooks. They work great. Trickle down theory, what a concept. If it only worked. I'm calling on other millionaires to give back, not seek bigger tax advantages. It isn't communist and it isn't socialist to say, gosh, if you have more, you can pay more. So communist Bernie Sanders pushing the tax, uh, the wealth tax, and he's got all these people out there. I want to be taxed more. Gosh, I make so much more money when tax uh, taxes are are implemented. These guys can easily pay more if they wanted to. They don't have to pay the, the bottom line liability. And none of these people are telling you about the staff of tax accountants that they use throughout the year to find all of the available deductions, all of the possible ways that they can save on the tax revenue that they have to provide to the government. And the fact that they pay these people to do that all day, they're weighing the cost of the tax savings that they get versus hiring somebody to find them all the deductions and to prepare for the tax year. And guess what? All those deductions were put in by Congress. Bernie Sanders, your your responsibility is to do these things. So when you put in green energy tax credits, which are taxing behavior, we want more green energy vehicles. We want more green energy windows. Oh, well, if you do that, well, then you get a tax break. Look at that. So you're taxing behavior. So basically, when you've got Michael Bloomberg out there talking about, well, if we tax people a little heavy and it causes them not to be able to buy those french fries we're doing them a solid because you know we're helping them in the tax part um we're helping regulate their behavior so what happens when you take that same idea and apply it to wealth 
huh, look at that. You're taxing the behavior of wealthiness. <laughs> You're taxing success. You're taxing the ability for somebody to move ahead. It's a tax. It is a penalty. Your tax liability is called a tax penalty. <laughs> I mean, so we have to realize that they're going to get up there and say, well, we're doing this for your own good. We're doing this to also pay for the roads and bridges and infrastructure. You know, that's what they always talk about. They've been working on these roads and bridges for over 40 years. We've got Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, powwow chow. Old Liawatha, chief running lie. Well, she has decided we need to uh, think about how your business didn't build that. But I want to be clear, you moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. Wow. So you made your money by driving your products on our roads. Well, our roads could be made private, could be made public. Generally, if it's something that everyone can enjoy, it's a public good. It's and that and that in lies the reason why we don't have private companies making thousands of different roads. Now, a government contract can be awarded to a private industry to go out and pave the road. That's possible. But even then, that's kind of a, uh, a, a cop out for government. You start to head towards the Chinese model of government just overseeing different businesses, which is what Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren would love. I mean, listen to Elizabeth Warren. She wants to uh, Xi Jinping herself. You know, she wants to get into power and then eliminate the Electoral College. Maybe she'll get into power and just eliminate term limits, and then we could be exactly like China. As a presidential candidate, what are your thoughts on the Electoral College? Uh, I want to get rid of it. So here's my goal. My goal is to get elected and then to be the last American president elected by the Electoral College. I want the second term to be that I got elected by direct vote. I'm ready. Popular vote. Um, I just think this is how a democracy should work. Call me old-fashioned, but I think the person who gets the most votes should win. So I'm in. Amazing. She's going to get in. She's going to eliminate the Electoral College. We'll move to a mob rule mentality of voting. You know, the popular vote, the direct vote. And then we'll have her tax the wealth because that's her other thing. She wants an asset tax. She wants, I mean, they're going to tax the value of your home. They're going to tax your, your assets. Some of those assets, are they hold value, but they're not making income. But they're going to tax you on it at a level that is considered income. So your tax rate is going to be through the roof. I think hers was at 120% or something like that. It was unbelievable. So... We have to really look out for these guys because she is she was up in the top of the poll polling uh, you know prospects for the Democrat nominee. Of course, when she came out with her health care for all plan and all that, it just kind of tanked because people don't want it. But Bernie Sanders, he's got a rabid following. He's talking about taxing the hell out of everybody. You've got Bloomberg out there talking about how he's going to tax behaviors, you know, because it's going to help things be better for other people that can't make those decisions for themselves. And who is the front runner right now? <laughs> this guy. Here I saw that made me aware when I was in law school, proudly for Holloway, proudly for your dad, first African-American state senator in the state of, in the state of Delaware. Everything about 
And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand and it get hot. I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn, uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. And I tell you what, the men, they're now all men, the guys I work with down here, and they're all guys at the time, they're all good men. Most of them made an awful lot of themselves. And Earl Larkin had a rough time. And some of you knew Earl. I, def I came back as a public defender. What in the ever-loving God was he talking about with his leg hair, swimming in the pool, and I don't even know. That is your front runner, old Lunchbox Joe, and he's, he's going to get in touch with the youth. He's going to get that young vote with his new No Tom Fullery campaign. Oh, wait a minute. Now, let's not go with No Tom Fullery. Um, let's go get the whippersnappers with the No Malarkey. This guy is a babbling bit bucket of craziness who is out on the campaign trail in a giant bus that says no malarkey. And he's out there talking about corn pop and, and his leg hair. Uh, and he loves children in his lap and he's kissing every woman on the neck. And then he's out there, uh, eye popping out of his head, turning blood red. He's losing his dentures. The guy is a train wreck and he is their most viable candidate. Let that sink in because the party on, on the left is not the JFK Democratic Party. This party is a party of radical socialists, radical communists. And if they get their hands into power, you're going to feel the effects immediately because you're not going to have a Congress that pushes back. Heck, they didn't push back when they had uh, a majority. They went ahead right with everything else. I mean, they, they might have pushed back on court appointments, but we're going to end up with an infringement of rights if we get any of these leftists in power. So the control that the left wants is all across the board. It's anything that we believe in constitutionality. You know, of course, the gun control debate, highly contested. They're trying to do something here in the state of Virginia. They want to push through now that they have, you know, the state legislature, they've got the governorship. They're going to try to push through any measure that they can to the point where localities in my great state are coming up with what they call American Second Amendment sanctuary cities. And basically, they're going to disregard whatever gun law is passed in certain localities in certain cities, uh, because some of our cities are actually counties at the same time. It's kind of a weird concept, but they're doing that to buck this whole, this whole notion that we're going to eliminate the Second Amendment. You've got Elizabeth Warren out there talking about eliminating the Electoral College. I mean, it's unbelievable what, they, what links they want to go to. But it's global, because look at what's going on with Angela Merkel. This is something she said just the other day about hate speech. We have freedom of expression in our country. For all those who claim they can no longer express their opinion, I say this to them. If you express pronounced opinion, you must live with the fact that you will be contradicted. Expressing an opinion does not come at zero cost. But freedom of expression has its limits. 
Those limits begin where hatred is spread. They begin where dignity and other people are violated. This house will and must oppose extreme speech. Otherwise, our society will no longer be the free society that it was. So now certain types of speech are going to be targeted. It's not as though they don't do that already in England with Facebook posts and things of that nature. I mean, they'll take people that misgender a trans person and put them in jail or, or hit them with some sort of punitive fine because that's the power of the government. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier about control. And I'm not trying to get uh, on a religious soapbox, but if, you're, if you believe in a higher power, most notably Christ, and you know that you are supposed to be a good steward, you're supposed to love thy neighbor, you're supposed to do all these things that you are commanded to do, well, you are going to run a business in such a way that you're going to be conservation-minded. You're not going to just destroy resources for the sake of the dollar. You're not going to ruin whatever may be an externality on your neighbors or your friends. You're not going to rook them in a business deal that undercuts them. You're not going to cheat on your taxes. You're going to pay what's you know, required by law, give unto Caesar what is to Caesar, but we're not going to be focused so much on money because it isn't money that's the root of all evil. It is the love of money. Putting all your time, your focus, your energy. Now, that's different than running a business. You know, when you run a business, you do have to focus on some of those things. But when that obsession becomes a God, then you've replaced Christ with money. You've replaced him with whatever envy, whatever greed, whatever obsession you have. And that is why we look to our faith as being something that also guides us in our political world. Because we are going to govern in such a way that we are allowing him to be the one in control, not us. We're not looking for the power. But the left has basically shunned all of that, and that's how they operate. They want the power. They want the control. They long for the, for the ability to make the deals that benefit them and their families, like Joe Biden over in the Ukraine, like Diane Feinstein with China, Nancy Pelosi in the Ukraine, <laughs> see Mitch McConnell in Ukraine and China. You see something going on here? Bill Clinton. <sighs> that guy. But that's what I'm getting at. That kind of control, that lust for control is a dangerous thing. And if we're living our lives as conservatives, conserving what the founding fathers wanted, conserving our faith as being the guiding principle behind how we operate towards others, how we operate towards the environment. Well, then we don't need climate change uh, measures and regulations because they're going to happen naturally back in a moment. This is Adrian Slade. The Adrian Slade Broadcast. The theme to today's show is basically control and the control issues that the left has. Because we've seen they're looking to control behavior through taxes. They're looking to control election results through elimination of the Electoral College and gutting of the constitutionality that we had put into place 
by the founding fathers who understood the tyranny of the monarchy, who understood the great aspects of Greco-Roman governance, republicanism, and British common law, and they understood that faith was very important as far as governance goes. And that's why they based everything on under God. But we understand control is being you know, tried here in the Commonwealth of Virginia with gun control measures. There's a measure that they're looking to put out uh, on paramilitary weapons or some, some crap like that, to which the states are pushing back now and saying, um, we are going to be sanctuary cities and sanctuary counties for, for gun control. Yeah, tacticalreview.com has Virginia bill to make firearms training an illegal paramilitary activity and a felony. So we've got that control issue going on. And we've got the control issue over climate change because that's the biggest one. You know, actually they have over there in England the control issue on speech. So we're violating first and second amendments and we are looking to destroy our economy and re-implement it with one that is green friendly and the green energy ruse i mean it's it's being indoctrinated at a level that i've never seen growing up i was being given this back in the 70s 80s i remember when i was young it was the coming ice age and they made us all so fearful that everything is going to get iced over and we're going to freeze to death and that really never happened and then it was acid rain. Acid rain was going to fall from the sky with impurities in it that are going to destroy your vehicles and rust and eat through everything. And we're going to worry about being destroyed and, and corroded from rain. Only that didn't happen. Then we got into the 80s and it was all about the ozone. Ozone layer is gone. It's depleted. The, you know, the sun's rays are going to beam right through. We got to we got to get rid of all the aerosol cans. Hairspray's got to go. And this was during the age of cock rock glam metal, which I can tell you right now, Brett Michaels and the crew, CC DeVille and all them, they probably from Poison probably put half, maybe one eighth of the uh, ozone in peril with their Aquanet. But we found out that that wasn't the case. Oh, the ozone actually naturally contracts and opens and what have you. This whole thing is just a grab at power, at political power on a national and global level. And so we have people out there who are trying to look at this from different aspects that are kind of, kind of frightening. <laughs> the first is John Kerry. Well, John Kerry decided we should look at this from a certain angle. We should treat this like a war. From the Washington Examiner, John Kerry called, an American, or called on Americans to start treating climate change as though the country is fighting a war. The former Secretary of State launched a group to combat climate change called World War Zero alongside fa famous, several, several famous leaders, including former Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger and Leonardo DiCaprio and former President Bill Clinton. In an interview with Meet the Press, you go out of your way to say you're not backing a single climate plan with World War Zero. This is about creating um, more attention to the issue. Is attention is attention to the issue really the, the the issue right now? This feels like a ten year ago problem. 
The issue right now is convincing a certain president of the United States to, to, to act. Well, it's not just the president, Chuck. Uh, there are great efforts out there, many environmental groups, young people particularly, uh, but no country is getting the job done. I mean, the simple reality is that we are way behind, way behind the eight ball. Things are getting worse, not better. And so we, we have our unlikely allies coming together here. There's no group that has people as diverse as ours in terms of nationality, age, gender, ideology, background, life experience. And all of these people have come together saying, we've got to treat this like a war. I mean, it, 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 it has to... Uh, require decision-making and organization and efforts that are just not taking place. And so we have people across ideologies. I mean, you have, you have uh, former Treasury Secretary Hank Paulson. You have former governor of uh, Ohio, John Kasich. You have Arnold. You have a lot of people on the other side of the aisle who've all come together without saying yeah. this is the only way to get there, but with the desire to make certain that in America and around the world, yeah. people are going to put this issue way up at the top of the list. We're going to do the things we need to do. We're going to organize. We're going to mobilize. We're going to talk to literally millions of Americans over the course of the next months. And this is going to become a primary issue. He should know about wars, Mr. Swiftboat, with a guy who bailed from, from Vietnam. He went into he basically got up in front of everybody and threw America under the bus over the Vietnam War because communism was the full central reason why we fought the Vietnam War to push back on the communist expansion. But communism is climate change. That's the that's the international push for no borders, for minimizing our economy so that we can be on the same playing field as other nations and then we can all unite behind one grand organization, probably the UN. And that would be our governance. The EU would be expanded on a global age, global level, global stage. And it gets even more insane when you look at the worldview from people like Maisie Hirano. Now, she said we should believe in climate change as if it's a religion, not a science. Really? Again, this goes back to what I was talking about with the governance of faith in the first segment. We as conservatives, many of us, you know, there are some that are that don't believe in God, but a lot of us believe in natural rights and we believe in a natural order. And we know that those of us who believe in Christianity know that our faith guides our decisions, our actions. Well, the left doesn't have that faith. They have rejected that faith. And many of the things that were even things throughout history that were considered pagan idol worship are going on today. They're just not as, I don't know, just not as uh, obvious. You know, when you look at the fact that back in the uh, the pagan era with, uh, with many of uh, Jerusalem and uh, many of the People that were worshiping Moloch, they were sacrificing their babies. Well, I would say Planned Parenthood is a very good uh, explanation of an equivalency right there because they're doing it and they're shouting their abortion. You know, they're praising their God. Well, then you've got climate change and overpopulation. Well, that was the worship of Gaia. I mean, 
All of this is pagan idol worship, worship of the earth, worship of, of you know, anything other than God, worship of man, of themselves. That's why they want control. And so Mazio Hirano is out there saying that we should be thinking of this as, <laughs> as a religion. The latest example, this is from Town Hall, that progressives simply aren't even trying to hide their insanity comes from Democratic Senator Mazia Hirano at the DACA prayer breakfast. While at the event ahead of the SCOTUS court case dealing with Defend Action for Childhood Arrival recipients, the congresswoman told supporters to ramp up their fight against global warming by treating it as a religion. Quote, these are times that call for us to do those things that we believe in and to march and not just to march, because that's important, too, and it's important to show solidarity. But then to do those things, such as voter registration, get people out to vote so that we can have people who are truly committed to human rights, environmental rights, climate change, believe in climate change as though it's a religion. It's not a science and all the things that need to be done. And there's a lot. Senator Hirano told the crowd. In fact, let's listen to a little bit of her. For the DACA participants and do the right thing with regard to comprehensive immigration reform. And the third is you're leaving our comfort zone. And for a lot of, for a lot of us, protesting, marching, that's not something that we normally do. But you know what? These are times that call for us to do those things that we believe in and to march and not just to march because that's important to show solidarity but then to do those things such as voter registration get people to out to vote so that we can have people here who truly are committed to human rights, environmental rights, climate change, believe in climate change as though it's a religion, it's not a science uh, and all of the things that remains to be done and, and there is a lot. This is a very divided country and these are not normal times. So, yeah, they are treating it as though it's a religion, which is a pagan worship of the earth. And make no mistake about it. You can listen to what I say and minimize it and laugh at it and say, oh, Adrian, you're just going over the top with this one. They treat these things that seriously because but that's the thing. They're not treating it as a religion because they just think it should be looked at that seriously, they think that they are the gods that should be running the show. That's their self-importance. But let's listen to a little bit of a Greta Thunberg. You know, this is the little, uh, what, 16-year-old autistic child. She's got Asperger's or something like that. They put her up on the UN and she's going, how dare you? How dare you? I lose my childhood. She thinks the planet's going to end in 10 years. Well, she wrote with, along with uh, Louisa Neunberger and Angela Venezuela, she wrote a little op-ed. It said, for more than a year, children and young people from around the world have been striking for the climate. We launched a movement that defied all expl uh, explanations with millions of people leading their vo or lending their voices and their bodies to the cause. We did this not because it was our dream, but because we didn't see anyone else taking action to secure our future. And despite the vocal support, we have received from many adults, including some of the world's most powerful leaders, we still don't. Striking is not a choice we relish. We do all of this because we see no other options. We have watched a string of United Nations climate conferences unfold. Countless negotiations have produced much hype, but ultimately empty com uh, commitments from the world's governments. 
the same governments that allow fossil fuel companies to drill for ever more oil and gas and burn away our futures for their profit. Politicians and fossil fuel companies have known about climate change for decades, and yet the politicians let the profiteers continue to exploit our planet's resources and destroy its ecosystems in a quest for quick cash that threatens our very existence. Now, one of the most telling parts of this entire piece is when they get into the whole part of climate change, of, of nuclear energy, because it's really a telling signal to what their real goal is. This was actually a tweet from Zach Cantor. One huge drawback of nuclear power, which is the cleanest power out there, you would wonder why they wouldn't advocate for that, knowing that climate change is something they're wanting to fight. One huge drawback of nuclear power is that it doesn't dismantle systems of oppression. It only produces clean energy. This makes it unsuitable for solving the climate crisis, which isn't just about the environment. <laughs> yeah, it's about the crisis of human rights, of justice, and a political will. Colonial, racist, and patriarchal systems have oppression uh, of oppression have created and fueled it. We need to dismantle them all. That's from the piece that Greta Thunberg said. He quoted that. It, that's what they're going with. This is not about saving the planet. In fact, one of the most interesting things is Rolf Dagan. He put this out. Individuals who paid more attention to media messages about climate change gained an illusion of knowing, falsely thinking that they knew much more about the subject than others. So, it's amazing because they've been able to win the information war on an educational level with climate change. My son goes to a really gifted school. He's eight, one of the best schools in the state. And he told me the other day, like first initially, he saw me blowing leaves with a gas powered leaf blower and said, hey, dad, why are you using that? You know, the, the gas, the fumes are going to mess up the planet. And I said, son, that's not going to mess up the planet. It's like they don't even have that science settled. And in fact, if I was to use an electric one, the coal burning plants that provide the energy would be more damaging than what I'm using right now. And he's kind of scratched his head. So I provided some information and I told him, I said, look, son, sometimes you have to question what people are telling you, because even though they're telling you these things, it's not 100 percent settled in many cases. You know, if you have questions about it, but, you know, talk to me about it. Well, then he tells me the other day we're sitting around watching TV and he, he asked me, he goes, you know, what he tells me, um, I'm the only one in my school who doesn't believe in climate change. I'm, I'm kind of, I stick out. I said, son, you're going to run into that. <laughs> you're going to stick out when you are questioning things and when you are learning truth and it may fly against the face of conventional wisdom. But there's many things out there that have shown that climate change is not a settled science. And in fact, it's just a vehicle for control and a power grab. Now, other Democrats who are vying for control because they want to run for the Democratic nominee and then take the nomination and run against President Trump um, outside of control freaks such as Michael Bloomberg and Elizabeth Warren are individuals such as Amy Klobuchar, uh, Andrew Yang, who was out there doing whippets. I was trying to figure this out. He's out there on the campaign trail. Everybody's trying to get these viral moments. You know, Tulsi Gabbard working out, who is fine. Um, also playing the ukulele in, a, in an airport, which everybody used for my next candidate that I want to talk about. But Andrew Yang 
is taken from the Beto O'Rourke uh, teeth cleaning, uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren, I'm going to get me a beer uh, Instagram viral video marketing methodology. And he was doing whippets, not not really whippets. He had he had candidates come up. I mean, uh, he had supporters come up to the candidate and they would get down on their knees and he would take a bottle of ready whip and he would shoot it in their mouth and videotape this. So Andrew Yang is not giving out the thousand dollars a month, but he's giving out the, the ready whip. And I, it looked like they were doing whippets. You know, when you're 17, you're going to the Grateful Dead concert, Shakedown Street, they pass out the whippets and you're like, boom, boom, your head's spinning. I was only asking, when does he start doing the nitrous balloons with, you know, you've got supporters coming up there. He's taking the balloons, handing them off. They're falling over and passing out, laughing on the side of the couch. When does that happen? Because that would make for a viral video, but it would also make for bad PR. But the other candidate who I was going to talk about, speaking of Tulsi Gabbard, is Kamala Harris. Yeah, she's not with us anymore. Kamala Harris backed out. We talked about the slow leak of the Kamala Harris campaign and how she was on her way out. And she posted this to my supporters. It is with deep regret, but also with deep gratitude that I'm suspending my campaign today. But I want to be clear with you. I will keep fighting every day for what this campaign has been about. Justice for the people, all the people. And there was one individual who just less than 24 hours before came out with a statement for Kamala Harris. Gavin Newsom, looking forward to joining Kamala Harris out on the trail. Well, that trail's a short trail now. It's more like a driveway. It's more like one of those circular driveways where you, you know, in the cul-de-sac, you pull in, you go around the big shrub or the willow tree, and you're on your way out. Yeah, because that, that ride is shot. That ride is done. That trail has ended, and Kamala Harris is no longer in the race. But Gavin Newsom, he is one of the big proponents of climate change. And he's one of the ones who would be right there with Greta Thunberg pointing his finger. How dare you? Well, he is for his state. You know, he's governor of California. He has something that he wants to introduce. And this is from the Sacramento Bee. Gavin Newsom wants to use pension and road funds to fight climate change. How will that work? Probably like a disaster. On his way to the International Climate Forum, Governor Gavin Newsom handed down an executive order because that's how you do it. You just yeah, write an executive order. By decree, you will give me your pensions and you will let me take the general fund and blow it on battery-operated vehicles. So he ends up passing down this executive order meant to sharpen the state's focus and its spending on global warming. Government agencies have been struggling to explain it ever since. Newsom's order directs the state's transportation agency, pension funds, and the department that manages government contracts to reconsider how they spend the public's money with an eye toward investing in projects that could help Californians prepare for climate change. You know what they could do? Maybe they can find a way to repurpose the excrement that all the homeless people are leaving on the streets of San Francisco and other localities into some sort of fossil fuel energy. You know, maybe it's like a, a you know, newbie fossil fuel. <laughs> maybe you could get somebody to build something that can build 
coal-fired plants, repurposed them to take in the mounds of excrement that require these the crap app to dodge when somebody's in town, you know, wanting to get on the trolley, you know, rice, aroni, ding, ding, San Francisco treat. Watch out for that poop log. Maybe they can find a way to turn that into sustainable energy. The executive order is the governor saying, I am prioritizing this in a mainstream way across the government. The state, as a major investor and asset owner, needs to take climate change really seriously. Kate Gordon, director of the governor's Office of Planning and Research. Now, Newsom's order happened to follow Caltrans' release of a report describing decisions to adjust funding for highway projects that have been pledged to the Central Valley. The timing created the impression that Newsom, as an administration, was tinkering with taxpayer-approved transportation plans. Yeah, because they don't need to fix issues with transportation in California? Not at all. But on a global scale, there's another story that was really interesting. I don't even know how this is going to work. <laughs> Remember we were talking about the EU and how the EU may want to have its own military? And we were like, wow, that's not good. I guess the Germans are going to head that military up. But yeah, the EU wants its own military. Um, listen to this. Danish academic UN might use military to enforce climate agenda. What's not to go wrong with that situation? The United Nations may resort to military action against states that defy its mandates on global climate action. According to Ole Weaver, a prominent international relations professor at the University of Copenhagen. This is from Breitbart. In an interview with ABC News in Australia, Professor Weaver cautions that what he sees as climate inaction might draw the UN into considering other means to ensure its goals are met, even if that leads to global armed conflict. So now they're going to use the power of the government to coerce you into compliance. Professor Waver says more resistance to change could potentially threaten democracy throughout the UN, and that would counter that the end justified the means in much the same way that countries like Greece had their debt crisis solutions forced on them by the EU bureaucrats in Brussels and Strasbourg. The United Nations Security Council could, in principle, tomorrow decide that climate change is the threat to international peace and security, and then it's within their competencies to decide, quote, are we doing this? Are you doing this? You are doing this. This is how we deal with it. Nothing authoritative about that. Nothing about control about that. I mean, that's global. I mean, just look at this sham impeachment hearing that we're dealing right now. You've got Adam Schiff, a, sen a senator, I mean, a representative, who is basically taking the phone records from somebody who was on the committee that learned about the spying on our president from the CIA who took information that was faulty at best, found a way to launder it through an asset, an MI6 asset from Britain, who was used in the past, so he had a little bit of a reputation and a resume, to get a FISA warrant that we found out was fraudulent, yet they still, even putting fraudulent information before the judge that they knew was fraudulent, had it renewed four times fraudulently, or three times, on the first one, you know, after the initial one, and then had this information that was drummed up by the opposition party's campaign and by those who were subcontracted by the government to use taxpayer revenue so that they can spy on a president and then throw him into an impeachment proceeding for his entire presidency and then go in and get the phone records 
from his conversations with his personal attorney and somebody like John Solomon, a reporter, used to report for The Hill from AT&T. And they said, well, he might have likely gotten a subpoena. No, AT&T gave that over to him. And who is AT&T? Who else does AT&T own? CNN. Jeff Zucker spent all of his time and energy under his organization, his news outlet, to go after Donald Trump. Same thing Bloomberg is saying. Bloomberg is saying, we're not going to report on any of the uh, political candidates for president except for Donald Trump. So the news is pointed at Trump. You've got a news agency invested with the destruction of Donald Trump, and the company that owns them is AT&T, who passed off the phone records, without a warrant, that would be pretty illegal, to a government who could destroy you with the power that they have. That's control. The EU wants to do that with those who step out of line with climate change. Bloomberg wants to do it with taxes, taxing your behavior. Elizabeth Warren wants to eliminate the Electoral College so she could be there for life. We have to stop these bureaucrats who want lifetime tenures. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning into the show. Listen to us on Mojo 5 Radio. You can find that on iHeartRadio or go to Mojo5o.com every Wednesday, 10 p.m. Also, get the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Overcast, wherever podcasts are hosted. And be sure to give us a review. Give us a good five-star review that's going to help us go up in the ratings so we're more visible to others. You can also donate to the show. Go to patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show. Give $2 a month or go to anchor.fm and search Adrian Slade. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Gab, MeWe, Parlor, Convo, Snippy. Search Adrian Slade. Follow us on Twitter at Rants Out Loud or at Adrian Slade Show, which is the official show page on Twitter. And you can also read the blog, adriansladeshow.com. You can also get the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel in your streaming store on the Roku streaming channel store. Be sure to download the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in.